Hey, just a warning, while Fuller House is a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Fullest House podcast, where Uncle Jesse is having a bad time. I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> is this the episode where Fuller House broke? I mean, maybe not Fuller House as a whole, but definitely the episode where Uncle Jesse broke. Uncle Jesse breaks. Yeah. I would argue that the show as a whole kind of breaks, and I'm excited to see if it can pick the pieces back up again. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what? No, no, no. Thinking back about this episode, no, this is where Fuller House broke. Yeah. A lot of things broke here. I mean, Wow. Just, just wow! It's the only thing I've said so far. Just wow! I, I know, I know, dear listener, you're not gonna believe us because all the time we're like, oh, this fucking episode. But it's just so many things happen in this episode where you're like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the Fuller House as a whole is like a very what the fuck show, but this episode specifically is absolutely insane. Fuller House is a what the fuck show in a really subtle way, where it's just sort of like bizarre it doesn't quite gel into one thing that works this episode very overtly has you like covering your face trying to avert your eyes from any the sense of subtlety is thrown right out the fucking window yeah gosh yeah so where do we even begin with this? We, we begin we begin very well with with our two favorite boys Oh, right. Yeah. Fernando and Jimmy. Fernando and yes. Jimothy Gibbler. Neither of which live in this house. <laughs> yeah, that's I did want to talk about that. They're they're cooking in DJ's house, which it's not their house. It's not. They don't they have live a there. house with a kitchen. If they go to DJ's house, they have to take the food back. Why not just cook in your house? Well, the real reason is because the whole point of this episode is the big reveal of the Gibbler house, so we can't already be in the Gibbler house. Yeah. Also, I assume they don't want to make another set. Um, I I got something to mention here, Mark. Go ahead. (laughs) About the Gibbler house. I I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but we do see the inside of the Gibbler house for the first time ever, and according to IMDb... The Gibbler house is just a redress of the Tanner slash Fuller house. I knew the it! camera image reverse. I knew it! I was going to no say that while way. we were watching the episode. I was like, wait, the fuck? Fuck. They have the staircase. They have the big alcove. There's the- it's the same house, but they redressed right. it. You're right! It's the same house! Eagle-eyed Holy viewers shit. may also notice, you know, like what Mark said, you know, Stephanie's and Fernando's parts changing sides from scene to scene as well as the front door, stairs, and looking kitchen door being reversed. Also, you may also notice, I said also a lot there. But uh, Stephanie's broken leg switches from her left leg oh, to her right no. leg. Oh, they couldn't no. even put it on the opposite <laughs> leg if they knew they were flipping it. I'm assuming they just like took the set, redecorated it, and then yeah, did and it flipped there, it in and post. Just flipped yeah. the image. It's, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, no. If her cast is on the the opposite leg, that's exactly what they did. The only reason I didn't during the episode say is this just the same house with different decorations is because I was like, well, everything's on the wrong side. But no, apparently they just yeah. fucking flipped it in post and they tricked me. They That's tricked horrible. me. Yeah, so when we watch the episodes, 
I usually go to IMDb to look through and see uh, if there's any fun trivia. And I found this episode, for example, uh, there was that, which was absolutely fucking insane. And I looked at That's it before incredible. we had even started the episode and I told them, I was like, guys, there's a really good piece of IMDb trivia here. And I think I delivered. <laughs> That that's the I, I um, for a second yeah. I thought you were going to say and that wasn't even the really good bit of trivia and I was going to no just... that was the really good bit and could you imagine if there was something better than that <laughs> I think honestly that's I I think this is up there with the staring into the camera scene from the pilot yeah. episode going for five minutes yeah. in real in and, real time and I don't mean to be like you share that absolutely shattering piece of information with us and I'm like I knew it. You're not surprising me because you're surprising me because I was like, well, that's too stupid for them to have done. They nope. messed it up with the <laughs> cast. They couldn't put her cast on the opposite leg. <laughs> it's such an easy put it on the opposite oh, leg. And God. then because, you know, you're going to flip it. Well, wasn't Jody Sweet? Jody Sweeten's leg was broken in real life. That's true. That's true. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, they couldn't give her a different cast or or they'd have to, like, spend a lot to hide the actual broken leg. That's true. That's true. It's not a fake yeah. broken leg. Okay, maybe my anger is... I, I'm still kind of upset about this. Oh, no, it's it's so stupid, and I love it. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm upset, but also vindicated, because I knew it, but something was off. Yeah, like, I know I probably got ahead of myself there, and it might have been better to put that up, like, when we start talking about the scenes that take place inside the Gibbler house, but you gave me such a good opportunity, because you were like, oh, no, I don't think they wanted to buy another set. No, that, they wouldn't have wanted to do that, and I'm like... Uh, <laughs> they did it. Well, they did. You're right. They just straight up flipped it. <laughs> and again, and I don't mean to just keep repeating this. I kind of clocked it, but I was like, no, no. <laughs> and Zach, you've shattered my reality. As I usually do. I, I, I saw the staircase and I saw everything and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, man. How do we go back into normal life after this? This is like when Thanos snapped in Avengers Infinity War. Everything is different now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the Thanos snap and not another <laughs> large historical event. If um, Fernando and Jimmy are cooking in DJ's house because they're having a, a housewarming in this monster mirror world. <laughs> <laughs> and they decided to use... DJ's kitchen, which like if they flipped the living room, they could have flipped the kitchen as well. I think they they probably figured that if they did it with every room, it would get to be too much. Oh, that's fair. Like I, I get we redress the living room a lot and flip it and a lot of people wouldn't clock it. I didn't. But if you did the living room and the um and the kitchen, I think maybe then it would get. To be a little too much. Too yeah, obvious. Too obvious. Mm. I think that, well, they also needed to have this amazing scene in which they, in which DJ says, get the fuck out of my house. But isn't that every scene with DJ and Yeah, we have, pretty we, much. Have, we have a running theme of DJ just being like, why are you in my house? She's turning <laughs> into her father because Fernando is the Kimmy Gibbler of this DJ's show. just like, why are you in my house? Meanwhile, she doesn't lock the door. That's, right. That's true. DJ, if you didn't want Fernando and Jimmy sneaking in, the door should not always be open. This show, man. She needs to build a wall around her house made of layers. Harrison, once again, we are getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I'm trying to transition a little bit. Well, well the, the only other important thing that I think happens here 
is, is that Jesse? Well, Jesse arrives, but also we find out this fucking piece of information, which is that the Gibbler house is haunted. <laughs> because of course yes. it is. Of course it's Stephanie haunted. says to Kimmy, you never want, I've never been to the Gibbler house before because you always kept me out telling me stupid things like that your house was haunted. And Kimmy says, my house is haunted. And we just have to accept that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna die. This episode's gonna kill me. This episode is going to be the death of all of us. The full house universe does have magic. We know it this has to be magic, true. and now it has ghosts. I mean, once I mean this is just again us getting out of ourselves, but there is a ghost. He's they're real. <laughs> We've had magic before. It's established that magic is real in the full house universe. But still, every time it crops up, I'm just like, what are you doing? How is there so much magic in this universe? And the show is not about how there's magic in this universe. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe the crossover with Sabrina the Teenage Witch will. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like like Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or like YA Netflix, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I was imagining the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but you know, I, tonally that works much. I'm more. down with either. I just I want yeah. I want a crossover between Fuller House and Riverdale. I need I need some sexy teens <laughs> on on Fuller House. Oh my god! Yeah, we need murder and a weird cult. I think is that in Riverdale? I feel like it is at some point. Probably. Speaking of things anyway. entering the room, John Sanders. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Transitions at it again. I know. Yes. I mean, honestly, that's one of my best. <laughs> it's possibly the best. Yeah, John Stamos is here. He has baby Pamela. God damn it. I hate, I hate myself for that one. I, Zach, I love you for that one. Aw, and then it balances out. Yeah. <laughs> As all things should be. Becky's in New York. She's She was demanding in this yes, in, in, in prison. prison. Most yeah, likely. She's, she was demanding this baby, yet every time we see the baby, she is nowhere to be found. To be fair, it is very hard to parent from prison. <laughs> Ayo. Ayo. There, we did We did a Lori Loughlin joke. Shitting on Lori Loughlin. <laughs> the, kids, the kids come out, um, and I do want to note that when all the kids come out, Jesse refers to them as small, medium, large, and pneumonia. <sighs> Ramona is pneumonia and there's a hilarious bit where Uncle Jesse struggles to say her name which is racist question mark I it definitely came across yeah. that way to me yeah. I mean just putting an, a, a tilde over the I I'm just like. not gonna touch that <laughs> well I mean it was yeah. it was a joke about pneumonia and then he keeps going Ramona Ramon is a comedy. Yeah, I, 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 Uncle really, Jesse is very strange. Yeah, that's why episode. I say racist question mark. Um, yeah, I guess so. That's right. He's already broken. This episode breaks him further, but he <laughs> walks in broken. We did not see his mental state before he came here. Yes. You see, he was like trying to like change a diaper, but he slipped and he hit his head on the crib. And so he just has a massive concussion. Yeah. Walking in. Oh, that would explain yeah. so much about this episode that Jesse just has a concussion yeah, the whole he time. No <laughs> he can no longer pronounce Ramona's name right. He is incapable of doing literally anything, as we'll see. Don't want to get too much yeah. ahead of myself. <laughs> well, we do the next scene, we do have him, and 
Nothing much happens in this scene, but I do think it's noteworthy because Ramona comes to Uncle Jesse and she needs advice. She says, uh, pretend you're a cute guy. And he goes like, hey, I I am a cute guy, Ramona. And it's like, you're in your 50s. She's 14. Let it go. You know what she means, you ass. Uh... Please let this tired joke go. But, But she humors him and says... Pretend you're a young guy. And he's like, huh? And it's like, you're in your 50s. It's not any commentary on, like, the quality of person you are, but you're not a young guy anymore. <sighs> You've raised two adult children and are raising a new one. Let's 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 stop pretending, Uncle Jesse. He's a silver fox. He should own yeah. it. Just get yep. over it. Um, And then that scene just kind of ends, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, he. Uh, she asks uh, for hair advice, and he says he can give her a yeah. perm. Oh, right. He shows. He goes her... through all of his different hairstyles oh, over yeah. the years, which are all just photoshopped pictures. Of the himself. same picture, photoshopped with different hair. Yeah, and they look terrible. <laughs> like they're badly photoshopped. Wait, which one do you think is the best? The perm, the Farrah Fawcett, or my favorite, the Rachel? Which is. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing is, most of them, I think, are the haircut photoshopped on top of Uncle Jesse, but that one is his face photoshopped on top of Jennifer Aniston's face. <laughs> like he's wearing the overalls and everything. It's it's a it's oh a full God. friends publicity photo. Oh, that's so strange. Yeah. <sighs> but like Jesse's just been snug babysitting all the kids and goes absolutely fucking crazy yeah max and j money are mad at each other he tries to fix that and it it doesn't work but also wait that's never really even explained why they're mad at each other right like in the first place is it just as their brothers they're arguing yeah. whatever they're, they're brothers they have to share a room they're arguing i think j money knocks over some of max's toys or something oh like yeah that. No, no, no no max makes a little dinosaur village on j money's bed and j money's like Yo, what the fuck? This is my bed. Yeah. So he destroys the dinosaur village. Although the degree to which they start fighting, just the intensity of all of it, like if these two were left unchecked, they would have destroyed the world already. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. I feel like this is my area of expertise seeing as I'm the only person here who has brothers. That's true. Uh, that is entirely what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, from an outsider perspective, it's just like, thank God they have all these adults around, because if no one had fixed their past fights, like someone would be dead. Oh, yes. Like legitimately. <laughs> that is how it is. Can I ask you guys maybe a creative question? Go for it. Could you mm-hmm. pitch me your like post-apocalyptic dystopian J Money Max story? <laughs> Because I think... You're really putting me on the spot here. I think we subvert it. Like, Max is definitely the one who would be the supervillain. So I think we we have J-Money as this dark lord who's taken over the world. Mm. Max is leading the freedom fighter resistance. Wait, I I was thinking more so, like, the opposite. Because I thought you said Max was going to be the supervillain. So Max is, like... This well, I, I well that's why I'm saying this is a subversion. This is oh, what okay. I'm saying it's a subversion. I was saying Max is Max is already so supervillain, so we flip it on its head. I think my my idea is we we make him the anti-hero. 
you know, there's a very established set of tropes with apocalypse movies. So I think it should begin with J Money being bitten by a zombie because, of course, he's the first to go. And he starts like, <laughs> he's, uh, definitely. He, he, he attacks the family, and Max whips out like a shotgun and shoots him, and he dies. And then years later in the future, Max is like, he's like a loner. He's like, like a gruff loner, and he has to protect an equally stupid child who is like the cure for the zombie apocalypse yeah. and they travel across the country together like the road yeah yeah so i'm just ripping off the last of us well, well can i just say one thing okay. because i i love it i just want to say i want it to be very clear we cut to like 10 years later max yeah. is still played by elias harbinger he's still like yeah, eight yeah. years old but he has a beard and an eye patch yes <laughs> He's yes. still eight years old, yes. but yes. grizzled loner. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Zach. I think, I, don't know, I think my pitch, I don't know, I think, Mark, I understand that you were going for the subversion, but if you think about it, this is Fuller House. They're not going to do that. They're going to stick to what they're already doing. They're going to stick to what works. Plus, so we have Max as like the big dark supervillain because of course he is. He's okay. a small child with that much power. And we have J-Money leading the Freedom Fighter Resistance. And because we also have from the previous episode, we can bring in like his friends. We can bring in Rocky to be a part of the Freedom Fighters. Yeah, yes. it, it's just a fun little yes. cast oh, of oh, people. Oh, 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 Jay Money is not the leader of the Freedom Fighters. No, Rocky is one hundred percent the leader of the yeah. Freedom Fighters. Well, no, no, no. Jay, it's like one of those things where it's like Jay Money is like the leader, and like <laughs> I, I put air yeah. quotes around leader. I know I did like a visual gag. I don't know. He's like the leader. Air quotes. So, like, people say, like, oh, he's the leader. But in reality, Rocky's the one who is actually making all the decisions. Yeah, it's it's a really misogynistic thing where it's, like, Rocky will say something and no one's listening. And then J-Money will say the exact same thing and everyone's like, yeah, we'll do that. I, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, J-Money is the leader so that, Rock, so that like, his ego is fulfilled. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just... No, I know, trying to I know you're ego, saying but. he's the real power. I'm just saying I can imagine that scene where it's, like, um, maybe we should ambush them no as we, we're listening to jay money jay money what do you, do you do well i think maybe we should ambush them yeah <laughs> yeah exactly jay money you're a genius okay i wanted to get a silly bit in um but i feel like tyler's gonna kill us if we spend we more think time ramona is also a part of the freedom fighters <laughs> yes I, she I is. enjoyed this conversation yes, very she much. Is. we're so. still on this I, I i i was trying to move us on but i don't care sorry i'm sorry I, I thought of i'm sorry i just thought of that and i was like i, I need to ask ramona is a part of the freedom fighters i guess lola yeah. is too as like the love interest and popka yeah but well it's 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 like a ya thing it's a love triangle lola oh, rocky yeah, yeah. j money yes right yeah yeah and lola and rocky, rocky would of course together. be the fan favorite because the bad boy is always the fan favorite in the love triangle yes but then yes. he would get together with lola in the end because he looked at yeah, her first. Are, you, are you guys team are you guys team rocky or team lola <laughs> oh definitely team rocky but like team rocky but God. lola looked yeah. at him first so you know tropes dictate he would okay. have to yeah, yeah you know, she called dibs <laughs> I, I do i do think we should move on in yeah. a second but do we have ship names for Rocky, J Money, and then Lola and J Money? Rock Money. Rock Money. <laughs> Rock Money. Rock Money. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Low Money. Low Money. <laughs> low Money. <laughs> um, anyway, then we... Uh, I'm, I'm glad we just had that bit of craziness because I think the next thing that happens is we arrive 
at the Gibbler house. And also Matt is there. He hasn't shown up earlier in the episode, but yeah. he's just there now. <laughs> I love, it's not even in the first shot, but it's yeah. like, it's all of them arriving and then it cuts to a reaction. Like Stephanie has a line and Matt's in the background. And Zach, I think both you and I went, oh look, Matt's here. <laughs> yeah, like, so they get there. There's like a clown doorbell and DJ's like, oh, remember the thing we used to do? And they do like a little dance number because the doorbell plays like a little song. And it cuts to a reaction shot of Stephanie and Matt. And I was like, oh, hey, Matt's here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you spent enough time on that. The doorbell to the Gibbler house is a clown head. Yes. Yeah. And it plays circus music when you ring it. The moment I saw that, I wanted it to be like a weird time-honored Gibbler tradition. Like it was their guardian spirit or something like that. But no, it's just a doorbell. It's actually made from Kimmy Gibbler's great-grandfather's head. Yes. <laughs> His bones were carved into the shape of a clown. Graham Pappy Gibbler. I like that you. Th I like that you say yes. That it's it's. They carved his head into a clown head. Yeah. They didn't just take his head and make it look like a clown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I overthought that. Honestly, like my favorite part of that entire thing is just the fact that Matt is just there for no. Like he just shows up. I with like. With no I warning whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we've seen Matt, right? Also, yeah. keep in mind, this season feels like it's taking forever to get through. This is I'm loving it. five of season but, three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, we sat down to record the last episode, and I was like, we're surely at least halfway through the season. And it's like, episode four. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we've surely watched more of season three than that. <laughs> three episodes it feels like everything has happened yes uh, that's the thing about four houses that it feels like everything happens but simultaneously nothing happens and that's, that's every true. episode that's true oh my gosh that's 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 the biggest thing about this show if you need to if you need to explain this show to anybody just tell them every episode and every season everything happens but also nothing happens yes yeah i am gonna apologize in advance there's so much shit that goes on and is going on with the gibbler house that i could not make a note of everything crazy happening in the gibbler house mm, yeah <laughs> well i mean it's just like take okay so you take the four slash channer house like the main living room area uh, you take that, you just make it into like a carnival. It's just a, it's just a yeah. fucking carnival. Dress it up in polka dots. Um, put a bunch of like Applebee's wall hangings. Also, Fernando's portrait from a couple episodes Fernando's ago. portrait, which is, it's very good. I really like that and, they have it there. And then in post, flip it. Yeah. Make it a mirror image. Flip it in post. Yeah. But. Kimmy is overjoyed to see her childhood home uh -huh. turned into what it once was. She sits down and her dad's farting chair is intact. It's a chair that you sit on it and it farts. And also Fernando sits down and her mom's farting chair is intact. I already explained what her dad's farting chair is, so I assume you can figure it out. This is peak comedy. This is just... Like, it explains so much. The world building in this episode is insane. The Gibbler family tree is revealed in all its glory. 
I was going to say, seeing the house she grew up in, it's actually a wonder Kimmy Gibbler is as normal as she is. <laughs> but I do think the more accurate thing is, no, this goes a long way to explaining Kimmy Gibbler. Also Jimmy as well, because Jimmy also grew up in that house. Yeah, I was going to say, I do think Jimmy is oddly normal for yeah. someone who grew up in this house. He's real stupid, but he's not like a complete psychopath. <laughs> There's also an, another scene where um, it is determined uh, that the Gibbors had a really weird way of punishing their children when they yeah. acted up, which is they yep. have a Velcro wall and they'd have for time out, they'd stick their kids to the wall. And then leave yep. for Napa. <laughs> yeah. Good parents. Just good parents. Speaking also, of good parenting. <laughs> well, I was going to say also very important, actually, is Steph makes some comment about like, oh, is the ghost here? And Matt immediately goes, ghost? Ghost. He doesn't yeah. use those words, but that's his. We learn that Matt is deathly afraid of ghosts. Yes, this is the point in the episode in which Matt becomes the best character. Yes. It was so great. It was. Oof. He is the best he's so because good. he's afraid of ghosts. His his phobia, his greatest fear, the peak of his character development. I feel like Matt is finally embracing the true sad boy within him. Like, I feel like all the adult men are just mm -hmm. the saddest boys in this show. And I feel like the main exception to that uh, throughout the series has been Matt, who's just usually been like a pretty normal dude. Yeah. But this begins his metamorphosis from a normal man to a beautiful, beautiful, sad boy. It is, it is glorious. He's going to exit his cocoon as a sad butterfly. His body <laughs> is a-changing. All along, we thought he was the ugly normal duck. But... Now we found out he is a beautiful, sad swan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's afraid of ghosts. Which sucks for him. There's a ghost in this house. <laughs> Mr. Mushnick. Which, what is the story of Mr. Mushnick? I don't uh, think that's ever he's explained. He's dead and he lives in the Gibbler house. Yeah, I don't think it's explained. I think he's just the ghost that lives in their house. You are asking too much of this episode. I'd like to think they invited a psychic over and the psychic like came like and did its normal shtick or whatever. And they, were, they started asking like questions that were too specific. Like, what's his name? What's his what's his backstory? What's his life? And the psychic was just like, uh, his name is Mr. Muchnip. He's a ghost who likes farting chairs. Make sure you buy his plenty of His name is those. Regular Al. <laughs> Regular well, Al. It's regular Al. <laughs> it's a throwback. The character, I'm back. It's a throwback. I'm back, I'm regular Al. <laughs> hey, regular Al. Hi. Why did you haunt the Dibbler house? Oh, no reason. It seemed like something that my nemesis, Weird Al, wasn't doing. <laughs> you see, he, Weird Al is, an, is a human man and not a ghost, so that means mm. that I am a ghost. Ah, yes. Yeah. Things get very confusing when you define yourself in opposition to someone else. <laughs> anyway, I'm off to do more haunting and perform covers instead of parody versions of songs. Bye. Bye, regular Al. Bye. Bye, regular Al. This brings us back to uh, the Uncle Jesse plot because things are going fucking crazy in the Tanner slash Fuller yeah. house. He cannot get those babies to relax. No. 
these babies were at their peak today. They were just going fucking wild. They're just jumping all over the place. And then... And then this is the moment where we knew the show had broken. Yes. Because strange Gibbler house, like, fine, that's one thing. This is when the show breaks, is that he goes into... Max and Jay Money's room. Mm-hmm. And Zach, do you want to tell us what happens? What he finds? Oh, uh, I'd love to. Uh, he comes in and realizes there's a giant Lego wall <laughs> separating <laughs> Max and Jay Money's side of the room. And the re- and you may be asking, why is there a giant Lego wall between Max and Jay Money's side of the room? To which Max responds, I wanted to make my room great again. Uh, Ooh, uh, that's, some, that's some topical humor. Not topical now because he's not president anymore, assholes. Yeah. Yay. Woo. Why is Max always the one who makes the political jokes? Because Max is a supervillain. Oh. He's part of the deep state. Yes. (laughs) Which is why Jay Money and his group of friends need to form a group of freedom fighters. Yes. Yes. That's our (laughs) spinoff. That's our spinoff. He built... A Lego barricade around J Money, surprisingly quickly. Yeah, like and the, uh, the the part to me that I'm just now noticing that's very strange is that J Money didn't notice until after it was completed. Yeah, well, I think J Money said like sleep. I fell asleep. I think he, no, I think he, said he was, he was like up. doing homework or something like that. Oh, what? and it's like I don't know. I feel like I mean, if you're asleep, that's one thing. But if yeah. you're like doing homework or something. I feel like you'd notice out the corner of your eye that someone's building this Lego wall, that Max is building this Lego wall that's taller than he is. Zach, not when you're on the amount of ADHD medication that Jay, that Jay Money needs to get that homework done. Yeah. He, he had you know no what? peripheral vision. He was staring at his paper. I was going to say that's a good point, but it's Jay Money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did think the line was like, I was doing homework and so I fell asleep. And then I woke up and there was a wall around me. But you could be absolutely right. I would not put it past J-Money to just not notice very obvious (laughs) things going on. And then he breaks through the wall and is like, "Uh, in a a feat of strength, he's going to break through this Lego wall. And he does. (laughs) And Uncle Jesse's like, it's made of Legos, you idiot. It was easy. (laughs) Way way to tear J-Money down, Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse threatens to separate the two of them, and Jay Money's like, "Good, do it." And so he puts Jay Money with the babies. Yeah, I don't. know. Why does Max get the room to himself? Why does Max get the room? I mean, I don't like Max. Not to like place b- blame, and I know I'm biased because I love our sad boy so much. But it's like Max encroached on Jay Money's bed with his dinosaur village. Max built the wall around J-Money. Why is J-Money getting punished? It's a good question. That's a very good question. Hashtag J-Money did nothing wrong. He's been exiled from, from his room, so he must form a team of freedom fighters, including the babies, <laughs> to take his room back. But wait, yes. if J-Money's in his room, and Max <laughs> is in his room, is in his room. Then, then who's, who's driving, driving the, the bus? bus? <laughs> it's uh that it's, just it's fun to it, do. It is. It's my favorite bit for no reason. And you just I just do it all the time for no reason. 
So, but anyway, then Ramona walks in. She's got curlers in her hair because Jesse forgot to tell her what to do next. And guys, I bet her hair is going to be pretty messed up. Oh, mm. you th- really? Yeah. You think that the thing will go wrong? In the, in the words of Uncle Jesse <laughs> later in the episode, you think? Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that should be somebody's graduation quote. You think, yeah. Uncle Jesse? <laughs> John Stamos. No, Uncle Jesse specifically. Yeah. But yeah, then we, we cut back to the Gibbler house where they're eating cotton candy on the cob. Uh, ugh. I mean, I guess that's just cotton candy. Yeah, yeah but it's... Uh, 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 what you doing? What you doing? Mm. doing there? Also, surprisingly <sighs> bland meal. No appetizers. Mm. No, yeah. no main course, no dessert. Yeah. It's just cotton candy. It goes a long way yeah. to explaining why Kimmy it's is just, the way she it's is. It's just cotton candy shaped like corn on the cob, and they eat it like corn on the cob. And it's just like, I don't know, why? We do also find out the reason why Kimmy's parents moved away, which is that around the time of Y2K, they <laughs> they built a bunker and they've been living in it ever since. And they explain they'd be so they'd be so crushed to find out that the apocalypse never happened. And Jimmy says, that's why we never told them. So they've just been living in the bunker. So they're still living in a bunker. It's the best they world think, building. <laughs> yeah. They think the world has ended. They think everybody is dead. They think their son and daughter are dead. For all they know, the world has ended. And Max has taken control of the remnants of the world, and J Money has to get a band of his friends together. Oh no! As a ragtag group of See, freedom fighters. Mark, now you're getting it. I am. I am. I've gone to your side. I think there's just more possibilities with J Money's cast of characters. It is weird how there. I feel like there are a lot more characters associated with J Money than Max. Like Max has Rose, and there's his nemesis Taylor. But Max doesn't have any friends. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. He has no allies. He only has J Money and Fernando. That's what drove him to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> if my only friends were J Money and Fernando, I don't know where I'd stop. First friends, and next the world. <laughs> um. But yeah, they. Kimmy's parents are still in a bunker. And then, guys, ghost shenanigans Ooh, start spooky. happening. Ooh. Spooky ghost. And Matt like is so scared. I have in my notes, Matt is like, zoinks. Yeah, I, I remember I had said... Deej, we gotta get out of here. I think I, I think I was about to say, I want there to be a scene in which Matt jumps up into DJ's arms like in Scooby-Doo. And like before I even had the chance to say it, they did it. Yeah. Which it, it just didn't I mean, happen. gotta hand yeah. it to them. It 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 fit. <laughs> it really did. Our boy is so sad. Yep. You know, he Matt the chandelier falls, there's organ music. Matt hides under the table. He explains he's looking for his contact lens. DJ says, Matt, you don't wear contact lenses. He says, Alright, I was looking for my courage. <laughs> and this is this is maybe for for me just on a character level the least believable part of the episode. Stephanie just kind of goes, "Oh, Kimmy, 
you weren't lying. There is a ghost in your house. Let's make up. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I was gonna. I was about to say. Kimmy and Stephanie make up, and I had completely forgotten why. I was like. I was like. Yeah, I mean the ghost stuff happens, and then all of a sudden they're just like friends again, and I completely forgot because it's almost too stupid. Yeah, it is kind of just like Kimmy. I guess you weren't lying about having a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> They, they do talk a little bit about, like, Steph's insecurities as a child about yeah. being, like, the tag-along yeah. little sister, to which yeah, they agree. Says, yeah, they are. She yeah, is, but... Yeah, yeah. You made me feel like the tag-along little sister nobody wanted around, and Camille's like, but now you're the tag-along little sister that we do want around. And she's like, well, I guess I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. And they hug, and Jimmy and, yeah, says, I was gonna say, like, and then we get mission to the greatest part of this episode. <laughs> And he is like, what were you talking about? And Jimmy explains in maybe one of the best lines of the series. <laughs> All right. Jimmy says, DJ, you told me to do this. And she says, no, I didn't. He says, excuse me, but you wanted Kimmy and Steph to stop arguing. So obviously you wanted me to create the illusion of a ghost using an elaborate series of pulleys, levers, and electronic devices. Duh. <laughs> we were all caught so off guard by that. We just, yes. we lost our fucking shit. We burst out laughing. It was that, so good. It got us so good. Jimmy is a Scooby-Doo villain. This is why we love Jimmy Gibbler. He's so good. But then, so good. after that happens, more ghost stuff happens. And they're like, yeah. ha, 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 Jimmy, we get it. You don't have to keep doing it anymore. And Jimmy's like, wait, that's not me. It's a real ghost. No! There goes <laughs> and Matt screams the biggest scream mm -hmm. that has ever been screamed. Um, and Fernando has a line that I do appreciate where he says, I'm starting to realize why this house was so cheap. <laughs> also, I also want to point out, uh, somehow during all the craziness of the ghost, uh, Fernando has been stuck on the wall upside down. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <sighs> well, what is going on? <laughs> oh, man. And by the way, I mean, I would save it, but I think this is significant. This is the last scene in the Gibbler house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the, they that's never the bring end it up of again. all. You're this right. This is how they leave all of it. You're right. Which means that there is a ghost in the Gibbler house. Yeah. It really is haunted. Mr. Muchnik is there. Yeah. That's the weird there's thing. A real, there's a real ghost. There's a ghost. There's a ghost. There's no resolution to this plot line. The, pot, the plot line that arguably of them all needs the most resolution. <laughs> Fuller House, I know you do this thing where you have three plots and only one or two of them resolve, but this is the one you gotta resolve. There is too much going on here. Uncle Jesse's weird shit did not need as much attention as this ghost phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just like set up a ghost and then not like, and then just not explain it. There's ghost stuff, but like also do we even resolve the like, Kimmy Stephanie stuff. It's just kind of like, well, I, mean, I guess there is of. a ghost. Yeah, yeah, I guess Steph would forgive Kimmy again because there's a ghost. Yep. But yeah, mm -hmm. importantly, 
What the fuck? Yeah, no, this... you're right. It's a ghost. It's just a, a fucking ghost. But uh, yeah, Uncle Jesse's having a fun time. He's uh. He put the he put the babies on leashes because they can't go to sleep. He's making burgers <laughs> for J Money because he wants to eat food. I know it's so high maintenance, right? Uh, and he's cooking the burgers. Ramona comes down, and she's uh, still got her hair and curlers and everything. Yes, yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. This is rhetorical for you guys, but I'm gonna ask our listeners to make a guess. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jesse's cooking burgers? Do you think there is a fire or there is not a fire? Oh, I don't know. My money's on there is not a fire. Harrison, you dumbass. (laughs) Harrison, you dumbass. If you guessed there's a fire, you guessed right because a fire starts. Oh, that's so cool. If if you guess that there's not a fire, you're not a dumbass like Harrison. You're just you just guessed wrong. And that's okay. Yeah, I'm only this mad at Harrison because he watched the episode. I, I know we already re- revealed it, but if you were listening, you know, tweet at Full House Pod. Wait, Zach, are you conf- are you concerned that I didn't actually know no, there was a no, fire? No, no, okay. no, 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 okay. no. It was, it was okay. a bit. It was a bit. You know, we do these on our podcast. Yeah, I know. I was like, but what? <laughs> well, there was that one time where I made a joke where I jokingly said you'd murdered your parents and you got very real world heard about it. <laughs> it that was, I don't know. I'm just going <laughs> to. Anyway, let's just keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a fire. So he grabs a fire extinguisher and I don't know how else to explain it, but it attacks him. Yeah, that's probably the it best just way to kind put of it. Bursts all over him. It attacks him. He starts flailing around, and in his flailing, he rips down a curtain. Um, God. Yep. Uh, he then the smoke detector's going off, so he gets up to try to get it to try to swat at it. He falls down. The smoke detector then falls down and hits him in the head. It's just one thing after another. Max comes in with Cosmo, and Cosmo gets dirt all over Uncle Jesse. Also, oh, at this point, uh, Ramona asks, hey, when do I take these curlers out? And Uncle Jesse's like, oh, uh, now, go take them out. So he sends Ramona to take out the curlers. And also, the babies are coloring on the little island in the kitchen. Babies are coloring on the island of the, in the kitchen. Uh, Jay Money comes down. Max, he and Max are fighting. They start spraying ketchup all over each other. Uncle Jesse grabs the ketchup and starts spraying them at them. Well, because he gets caught in the crossfire and there's like, he gets you caught know, in the crossfire. These yeah. kids, he uses a <laughs> duck statue yeah. thing to put out the fire. He puts it on top of it and it uh, smothers out the fire. The fire. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, by the way, I want to say, yeah, if you were going to do your yearbook quote as you think, Uncle Jesse. Uh, scratch that and instead make it fuck these kids, Uncle Jesse. It's, it's yeah. literally, I, I think, honestly, the thing that I can compare it to the most is like that one scene from Community because while this is all happening, uh, DJ, Stephanie, and Kimmy all return home and it's kind of like that one scene from Community where With, where Troy gets the pizza. Yeah, where Troy gets the pizza and he comes back and everything has gone to shit. It's the darkest timeline. It is. It's the darkest timeline of Fuller House. I, I will say that... In community, though, it's like this Rube Goldberg machine of all these things we've set up that one leads to another and suddenly there's chaos. And here it's just, yeah, Uncle Jesse's just real bad at this, I yeah. guess. 
He's having a bad day. It's at this moment that the rest of the adults come home. He witnesses him spraying ketchup at two small boys running around the kitchen while babies are drawing on the kitchen with crayons. And also Ramona comes down and her hair is not good. Nope. (laughs) Nope. It's a big frizzy afro. Yeah. Uncle Jesse ruined it. (laughs) Is there any going back from hair like that? I don't know. I don't know how perms work. Can you I don't ever know fix how that? It works. I don't know. Is it is it like in Legally Blonde where the shower gets rid of the perm and that's the evidence that solves the murder trial? No. I don't know. Hmm. You're right. It's This is what's going to prove Uncle Jesse guilty of murder. <laughs> um, but he angrily goes upstairs to fix his hair because if we know one thing about Uncle Jesse... He likes him his hair. He does. Yes. And it's at yes. this point that we notice that there are still five minutes left in the episode. Yeah. They like resolve all these plots and then there's like a bunch of episodes left. So we're like, how the hell does this go from here? And it's just absolute fucking insanity. Yep. I mean, I guess it tone, tones down a bit. It gets kind of repetitive. Jesse. Oh, yeah. It's... Finds out he's a good dad. Because the girls assure yeah. him that he has given them many parenting conversations. <laughs> yeah, he says, am I a bad dad? And the girls are like, no. And he's like, okay, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> then he then he goes to, I feel every time we discuss the actual emotional moments of this show, we're always just like, yeah, I guess they just like make up. Because that <laughs> is kind of what happens. They're all like every single one of these. No one really learns a lesson. It's always just like, but you know, even if we're having a fight right now, deep down, we love each other. And they're like, yeah, I guess. And that's how he solves Max and J-Money's problem. He doesn't tell them anything about, like, getting along or any life lessons. He's just sort of like, you're brothers, and you love each other, and you gotta remember that. And they're like, we do love each other. And they hug, and the day is saved. Yay. Though... Ramona's still rocking that Roseanne, Rosanna Dana hair, so I don't know if realizing that we all love each other is going to solve that. Or the <laughs> fact that there's a ghost. <laughs> that there's a ghost and Ramona's hair is fucked up, possibly permanent. We're not going to revisit that? Yep. That's why they call it a permanent. I guess Jimmy and is okay with the ghost. And yeah, they, they eventually clear everything up, and uh, Uncle Jesse's like, I, I used to be so good with kids. Now I'm so bad with kids. What am I going to do? And then he sings his child to sleep with the help of uh, DJ and stuff. Yeah, they sing the teddy bear song, which they sing in the original Full House, but it's like an upbeat sort of thing of, baby, won't you be my loving teddy bear? But they say, Uncle Jesse, you got to slow that down. Make it a slow, bad ballad. And they sing like a really... Uh... Overwrought version of it with these harmonies. Yeah. And it's bad. DJ and Steph are doing like doo wops in the background. Some songs aren't supposed to be slow ballads, musical bits. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. That's it. That's That's it. It kind of ends on a whimper. But that's it. But that's not it for this episode of the podcast because we still got a sad boy of the week to hand out. And honestly, I think it's pretty cut and dry this week. Well, I have have two nominees and I'm actually kind of torn. Okay. Me too. Okay. I 
who's your second? Because I know there's one that I'm like well, definitely. Uncle Jesse. Thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Matt. Oh, Matt. You're, yeah, Matt, oh, Matt. Absolutely. I forgot about He's Matt. Definitely yeah. <laughs> Here's why I am torn. This is perhaps the saddest Uncle Jesse has ever been. Yes. Conversely, but, yeah. this is the saddest that Matt has ever been. Conversely, conversely, Matt believes in ghosts. And as we already established, he is the best character in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and isn't that exactly what we want out of a sad boy? Yeah. Oh. 100%. I... I thought it was pretty cut and dry, Uncle Jesse, but I completely forgot about Matt. And how could, how dare I, how dare I forget about how sad Matt is? This is one of those times where I don't think running through it is going to help because it's like the amount of things that happen to Uncle Jesse versus the one thing that happens to Matt. Yeah. But it's just so powerful. I don't know. Oh I think my God, yeah. personally, as much as I would love to give it to Matt this episode... I think just the fact that there is an entire plot in this episode centered around Uncle Jesse being incompetent. Yeah. I that makes me want to vote for him. <sighs> yeah. So I I'm regardless of what we say, I'm curious what Tyler thinks. Yeah, Tyler, let us know. Yeah. Um, Tyler, give us a text. We will let the viewers know. Do you want me to run through it just to run mm. through it? Yeah, just yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. Run, run through it. Okay. I don't yeah, I don't think we have any more nominees. It's between these two. Yeah. I'll start with Matt because I think it'll be pretty quick. Matt believes in ghosts. <laughs> and he's very scared of ghosts. <laughs> and he like jumps in DJ's arms and he hides <laughs> under the table because he's so afraid of ghosts. <laughs> and then it turns out ghosts are real. Yeah, that that's my main knock against Matt. Is like your thing is like, oh he believes in ghosts and he's so afraid of ghosts. But no, there's a real ghost. I'd argue that that makes it sadder because now ghosts are real and he has to deal with that fact. <laughs> you know what? No, that's a good counter argument. I, Uncle Jesse, of course, he arrives with his little baby girl who he didn't want to adopt in the first place and now Aunt Becky isn't helping him. Uh, he has a real hard time getting those babies to sit still. Mm-hmm. So, and also getting the older kids to sit still. So he puts Jay Money in charge of the babies. Bad idea. He doesn't really do that. He puts them in the same room. He does put Jay Money in charge of the burgers. Bad idea. Yes. We do yeah, find out. He tells idea. Jay Money, I told you to tell me when they're done cooking or to watch them and tell me when they're done. And Jay Money says, oh, yeah, I got bored. So then I started watching TV. Uh, by the way, they're done. <laughs> yeah, they're done, by the way. They're actively on fire. That's when Uncle Jesse says, you think, huh? Well, he says it multiple times. That's true. Yeah. When, like, someone just points out the obvious. Uh, so, yeah, then he takes the babies for a walk like dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, he burns dinner, although technically J-Money burns dinner. Um, rips down a curtain, gets attacked by a fire extinguisher, gets mud on him, gets ketchup on him, falls down... Gets hit in the head with a smoke detector. Oh my god. Ruins Ramona's hair. Though in the end, he's reminded that he is a good dad deep down inside. Alright, okay, so here's... I think I'm voting Jesse. And honestly, I think just the fact that there's like a whole subplot dedicated to his incompetence is really the drive. As much as I really mm. want to give it to Matt... 
because he was wonderful this episode. I think like really there's this and there's also this is also the start of the trend where uh Aunt Becky begged him to adopt a child and now he's yeah. the one who's stuck taking care of the child and she never shows up taking care of the child. That's the first okay. instance of that. Okay. And okay. he's also shown to be just incompetent in everything else. I feel like this is just he's he's just falling apart in front of our eyes. I I, I disagree. I, I don't think Jesse's as incompetent as we're making him seem. Like, yeah, he is he fucks up a little bit, but he was also watching like what, like five kids and they're all being absolute shits. I was gonna say that like um while Uncle Jesse makes a real mess of it, um, I think I was surprised they didn't have anybody say like, oh, maybe it was a bad idea to leave one man in charge of five kids and a dog. Five terrible kids and a dog. True. And then honestly, okay, here's here's the other argument I can give for Matt is that at least Uncle Jesse is redeemed in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Which I was going to say, Zach, I think you make a very good choice in choosing Uncle Jesse. I think he has an extremely strong case. This is maybe yeah, the saddest absolutely. he'll ever be. Yeah, I feel like this is it, honestly it is like, the this might be the closest be. race we've ever had for yeah. Sad Boy of the Week. And usually when it's my head says one thing, my heart says another, I, I try to go with my head and logic it out, but it's just... Oh, Matt, in this episode is yeah. so good. No, honestly, I, I won't be mad if you guys both vote Matt. It's just I think I have to vote for Uncle Jesse. I, I have to vote for Matt. I, okay. I think Jesse has a great, great, is a great contender yeah. here. But I think Matt's the champ. I, I think Matt's the champ in this episode. That's entirely Only in so far as like going into this episode, while we were watching the episode, I was like, oh, Matt and Jesse, it's a two man race. But I know Jesse's so much more actively sad. Um, and when you guys start talking about how good Matt was in this episode and how it's him becoming a sad boy, I was like, maybe it is Matt. And I think I have to vote Matt as well. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. Tyler also yep. voted Matt as well. He actually said, uh, he, and I quote, did Jesse ever pull a shaggy jumping into Scooby's arms? I don't think so. This is Matt's episode. And really White it songs. is. If Jesse yeah. puts up a good fight, it's a very close race between the two. But I think this is Matt's episode. So congratulations to Matt. His first Sad Boy of the Week win, if I am remembering correctly. Sometimes you just have to give it to the one who really embodies what you want out of him. The sad, the pure sad. Oh, yeah. No, like, honestly, I came into this thing. It was like cut and dry. Uncle Jesse wins. Let's move on. But no, you guys, you guys convinced me. Mm. I'm, I'm convinced. Like, I'm not like, even though I didn't vote for Matt, like. I'm not mad at it. It's a very close race. <laughs> good, good. I'm I'm good. We I think that's all I have for this episode. Yeah, yeah it's good for me. All right. So that's it for this episode of the Fullest House Podcast. Follow us on social media. We are at Fullest House Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So just keep watching. Please follow us, like us, comment on things. Rate us, review us, do all the things because we love you and we like making this show for you. Ah, but until next time, I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. And until next time, may your houses be fuller and also horrifying fun houses of terror. <laughs> <laughs>